without going any further, Dean Wallace is our speaker tonight. He spoke this morning. He's a, it's his first day of preaching here at C3 Powerhouse. He uh, was a pastor for a number of years in Toowoomba. Uh, before that, he was a boilermaker and then he met Jesus. He was telling us his story of meeting Jesus as a 23-year-old, his life being turned upside down. Uh, the last couple of years, uh, because of a trip to, to the Philippines where he visited a sponsor child and it just gripped him, he's, he's become a compassion representative and traveling and preaching inspiring churches to to partner with compassion and to change lives one child at a time. So I want us to stand to our feet, give a great C3 Powerhouse welcome to Dean Wallace tonight. Let's go. Thank you. Good evening, C3 Powerhouse. You can grab a seat. Well, I don't know what else to say after that, Michael. I think you've covered everything. Who loves Michael and Kane? They are wonderful, wonderful people. Hey, look, I just really want to start again tonight by thanking your amazing senior pastors, Pastor John and Danielle, for the opportunity to be able to share with you about the work of compassion and releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And I've just got to say, I have absolutely loved being with you today. Your spirit of hospitality, generosity, and just the spirit of life that is in this house is amazing. I'm going to be talking about you with our compassion team for a long time to come. And we had an amazing morning this morning with a whole heap more children sponsored. And what that means It means that right now, in this moment, as a church community, you are seeing over 230 children sponsored and released from poverty in Jesus' name. That is just amazing. And so we really, really appreciate your partnership with us at Compassion. We really honour you as a church partner and we just want to celebrate what we've been able to achieve together through this partnership and seeing those children blessed. But look, I just, I thought tonight, I'll just start, um, if those guys, the media team can get ready with some of those pictures, I'll just, to let you know, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a bit of a ponderer. I'm one of those guys who like to sit and ponder the mysteries of the universe sometimes and try and work them out. And so some of the things you might be able to help me with tonight, some of the things that I've been pondering about recently, these are what I like to call help me understand. And the first thing is help me understand how genes full of holes sell for $150, yet solid jeans with no holes in them from Kmart for $30 are so much cheaper. Help me understand that. I mean, let alone the sunburn aspect that comes with that. I actually had a photo of it too, but that's okay. There it is. Help me understand that. And help me understand how 
when a scientist tells us that there's four billion stars in the universe, we believe them. Yet as soon as we see a wet paint sign, we just need to touch it. Help, help me understand. And all the builders and painters in the house all said, Amen. And help me understand when optional oils became essential. Help me understand that. See, back in the day when, when you had a headache, you just had a panadol, you lie down for a couple of hours and the headache went away. But now it's little bottles of oil where you put it a little bit behind the ears and then you have a panadol and lie down for a couple of hours and it goes away. And look, look they're just some of the fun ones. Pastor John's probably sitting there thinking, where is this going? What is this guy out about? They're just some of the fun things that I ponder sometimes and try and get my head around, but I do actually take the time and I do actually think about some of the, the more serious things as well. And one of the questions I'd like you to help me understand is, help me understand how in Australia every year, every one of us throws out on average 297 kilograms of edible food, yet every year 3.1 million children on the planet won't reach their fifth birthday due to malnutrition. Help me understand that. And help me understand how even now in the year 2021, 1.6 billion people on the planet right now live in substandard housing. Yet every single night in Australia, there is an estimated 7 million empty bedrooms. Help me understand that. And help me understand how we live in one of the most blessed, wealthy, and affluent nations on the earth. Yet studies tell us that one one in every three Australians is struggling with some form of anxiety. Help me understand that. I think that paints a pretty clear picture to say that the accumulation of things does not bring joy. The accumulation of gathering does not bring joy to our life. Yet the use of those things in helping others can and does. And look, I might not understand everything there is in the world right now, but one thing I do know is that we in Australia, we are truly blessed as a nation. But it's for a purpose. The blessing that God has given us as a nation is not for ourselves to gather things, to accumulate things. It's to be able to be a blessing to others and to help them do well. And so I'd just like to say tonight that if you are currently sponsoring a child with compassion, or maybe you have done in the past, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for looking beyond yourself and helping a child in need. 
Because you really are making a difference in the life of that child. You really are. But not only are you making a difference in the life of that child, you're also inspiring their family and also equipping their local church, especially during this COVID-19 season. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but COVID-19 has actually supercharged poverty around the world. Poverty was actually on a decline over the last 20 years through the good work of a lot of agencies. Poverty was on the decline, but COVID has changed all of that and it's actually on its way back up. And the World Banking Organization and UNICEF, they have estimated that at least another 115 million people who had worked their way out of poverty are gonna be pushed back into it. And we need to understand that, that these countries where uh, compassion is involved, the, the countries where you sponsor a child, for them, lockdown, it's not in a four-bedroom home with two living areas and two bathrooms and internet so their children can just do schooling online. See, for these kids, lockdown for them is seven or eight members of a family locked in a, in a shack the size of our standard garden shed. No internet, no schooling. And that's been for months, even years in some of these countries. And we need to understand that the studies tell us that for every one year that a child misses school, they will lose 10% of their income earning capacity later on in life. So this is going to have a flow-on effect. So your sponsorship is so important right now because it enables the, the, the local church to be able to deliver food to these homes. It enables them to be able to keep helping the children in their studies and keep moving forward, even though things around them are locked down. But even in the middle of a global pandemic, compassion is committed to making sure that every registered child is known, loved, and cared for. And so I'll say all that to say that your sponsorship, it means more now than ever before. So how does it work? What does it look like? When you choose to sponsor a child, what does it look like on the other end? I want to show you a video that has been 70 years in the making. Compassion began in 1952 during the Korean War, where an American evangelist, Everett Swanson, rescued 34 children. And it's grown from 34 children in 1952 to the point where today there's almost 2.1 million children who are currently being sponsored and in the program. But, you know, as, as impressive as 1.2 million children sounds, it's still always about the one. It's always still about that one more child who's going to bed hungry tonight, that one more child who does not know what their future is going to look like. So how, how do you capture 70 years of ministry that's just developed and grown and changed so many lives. Well, I'd like you to enjoy this video, which will help paint a bit of a picture of the size and scale of what Compassion does. Thanks, team. 
the mountains well for the least of the problems she was missing. But how exactly does it work? Well, come along with me, the island children. Because here we love Jesus. We love the church. And we love children. And everything we do goes somewhere. Compassion builds the relationships of churches who are all the ministry and development of the living God. The staff of the volunteers at these churches know the needs they are living as they are there to They see what children in the neighborhoods face. If they want to make a difference, just off the line. Compassion is that they can know these churches. They sit down with them to understand the vision, talk about the ways they work together. See how compassion can come alongside them and cover them if they're already doing. They offer training, financial resources, curriculum to help expand, deepen their impact in the community. Partnership needs to be collaboration. Churches to see the curriculum adapted to their context and for local needs. These partner churches reach out to families in their needs, inviting children to be part of what we call. Child development center. Each church chooses a project director who is responsible for planning and overseeing the team of helpers to implement every part of the program. They are committed to helping children develop holistic and strong So, activities at this center are designed to encourage physical, mental, social, emotional, and the program is integrated. Meaning the church receives the money to walk with children as they walk. Many of these churches start at the early stages of the life, coming alongside family moms to help them have healthy pregnancy and delivery. Staff from the sector visit new moms and caregivers in their homes to ask questions. They offer ideas to help them and their babies smile. Home visits continue as infants grow into toddlers. As children get old, they attend activities at the child development center. Staff and teachers there lead children through lessons and activities to help them grow holistically. They get to know children personally, help them through challenges at school and at home. As children grow into adolescence and kids, they learn skills that help them be successful in life and time management, how to have healthy relationships and vocational skills. Churches also support parents and caregivers to improve stability in home. They can offer classes that promote literacy, healthy discipline, and skills to learn in Churches also identify specific problems that are featuring child development and work with compassionate solutions. By sourcing clean water, providing materials, by seeds, building electricians, and constructing classrooms in the church. When children in Florida face urgent medical needs in the communities affected by disaster, the church responds. During the 2020 COVID 19 pandemic, Church partners around the world needed food to the families who could not work in the forest. Compassion provides encouragement and financial support, so our church partners can be soft and light in these critical times. In today's life, and in fact, all community activities vary from church to church, 
has children facing new challenges in each community. Over time, as each partnership grows, churches are encouraged to explore local resources and begin developing plans for self-sufficiency. The beautiful thing about partnering with local churches is that they have needs to their community. When challenges arise, the disaster of the health crisis, the church is over again. And this time means working to bring relief, recovery, and healing. All are carrying the greatest message through the call for Jesus. Throughout this trip, Compassion invites others to connect with what these churches are doing by investing in children's holistic development, financially and relationally. Together, we are a team that surrounds these children in the Every voice speaks out into their lives' matters. The church is like, they are a part of the community and messengers of the gospel. Compassion partners in more than 8,000 churches worldwide. Our mission is to set by God's design. He invites and empowers each of us to their work. So, let's know. We invite you to join these churches and save our children from all God created them to be. Thank you so much for coming to see our project. God bless you all. Wow. So you can see that sponsoring a child, it's, it's so much more than just giving them food and clothing and an education. As good and as important as those things are, it's so much more than that. It really is a holistic discipleship program. I remember the first time I ever saw Compassion at Work in the Field in 2017 when I visited our, our sponsored daughter, uh, Princess in Cebu, Philippines. I remember walking away from that, that trip thinking, man, these guys are selling themselves so short. This is so much more than just child sponsorship. This is discipleship on a level I've never seen before. This is discipling the next generation holistically, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Every aspect of their life is developed. And I'm not sure if you picked up on it or not in that video, but one of the lines that they say in that video, it says that together we are a team that surrounds these children and youth and every voice that speaks value into them matters. Every voice that speaks value into these children matters. The voice of Jesus matters. The voice of their local church matters. And the voice of a sponsor, someone like you, someone like me, speaking value into these children, it matters. And I know for me and my family, that's, that's a big reason why we sponsor three children right now. We've got two in the Philippines and one in the Dominican Republic, our extended family, we call them. One of the reasons why we we sponsor them is because we want them to know that they matter, that they are not forgotten, but they matter to us and they matter to God and they matter to their local church. We want to become that voice of hope to them. And that's what I want to speak about for a few minutes tonight. I want to talk about becoming a voice of hope. And I want to do it by looking at the young boy with the five loaves and two fish in Matthew chapter 14. And look, just to give you a bit of background on this story, 
Jesus had just received the news that his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. And so Jesus wanted to get away and mourn for what happened to his cousin. And so he's going out to a dry, barren, desolate place to try and be alone. Yet the crowds heard where Jesus was going and they followed him. They followed even into a dry, barren place. And this is where we pick up the story. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 15, it says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. Some versions of the Bible say an arid and barren place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. But we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. Wow. I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of Scripture through the filter of the kind of hope that Jesus can bring into our life, there's two thoughts that always come to my mind. And the first thought is this. Jesus can bring hope even during the hardest of times. And in the driest of places, verse 15, the disciples said to Jesus, this is a remote place, arid, barren, and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. But look at Jesus' response to this. He said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. In other words, Jesus was trying to teach his disciples in that moment to look beyond the barrenness to look beyond the environment they were in in that moment and to teach them to think that I will always find a way to bring the help and the hope to those who choose to follow me. It doesn't matter what the environment looks like. It doesn't matter how dry, how barren, how hard. I will always find a way to bring help and hope to anyone who chooses to follow me. And I want to encourage you with that tonight. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're in a bit of a barren place. Maybe you feel like you're in a bit of a dry place, a bit of a tough place. I want to encourage you, just like in this story, Jesus will never send you away. He will never say to you, well, maybe in another place, in another time, in better circumstances, maybe there I might be able to help you. No, no, even in the driest and hardest of times, Jesus will always find a way to bring you help and bring you hope. Jesus never abandons his followers. And I want to encourage you. I've found in my life, and, and maybe you have as well, that sometimes I find the biggest miracles, the biggest infillings of hope, the biggest moves of God happen in my life when I'm in the hardest of times. So no matter where you are right now, know that Jesus is with you and he will find a way to bring that hope to you.
That's the first thing that I see. Even in the hardest and driest of times, Jesus will always bring us hope. And the second thing that I see is that Jesus can bring hope from the strangest of places and the most unlikely of people. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. But we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. And when John records this account of what happened, he actually lists that it was a young boy who had those five loaves of bread and two fish. And I don't know about you, but when I think of a crowd of 5,000 men besides the women and children, so there could have easily been a crowd of 10,000 people we're talking about. I'm pretty sure in a crowd that size that there was more than just that young boy who had resource in his hand. There was more than that young boy who had provision in his hand. There would have been a whole lot more people that, that you would have expected to step forward. Maybe, maybe some community leaders would have had something they could have offered. Maybe some business people, maybe some religious leaders would have had something they could have offered. Yet it was a young boy who chose to step forward and put that little bit of resource that he had, that little, those five loaves and two fish, to put it in the hands of Jesus. And a whole community ate that day. A whole community was blessed and there were still leftovers. I tell you, church, Jesus can bring hope from the strangest of places and the most unlikely of people. Even people like my friend, Biggins Theus. I've got a picture here of my friend, Biggins Theus. And Biggins is living an amazing life right now. But his story began very differently. See, Biggins was born in a remote fishing village on the, in the nation of Haiti. And he was born into extreme poverty. And at one year old, when Biggins was 12 months old, his father was a fisherman. And one night when Biggins was one year old, his father was out fishing for the night, trying to provide some, some food for the family. But during the night, a storm rose up and his father's boat sank and he died that night. And so Biggins and his mother, in one moment, in one night, they lost their provider, they lost their protector, and things began to get very, very difficult for them. But at four years old, things began to change. Because at four years old, a compassion project started in Biggins' local church. And Biggins was sponsored, which meant that he immediately began to receive healthy food. He received an education. He received someone watching over him and caring for him. And Biggins excelled at school. He was hungry to learn and did so well at school. He, he, he went on to high school and graduated high school and he did so well in high school that he actually got a scholarship to go to university. And he, but he always knew in his heart that God was changing his life for a purpose. And so in 2011, Biggins ran for parliament and was voted in as a congressman in the nation of Haiti. 
But the story gets better. Because today, right now, Biggins is actually living in Canada and he is finishing his PhD in economics and other things because his dream, his goal is to actually go back to the nation of Haiti and run for the presidency of that nation. I tell you, church, Jesus can bring hope from the strangest of places and the most unlikely of people. He can bring hope to a a whole community in a desert from one young boy with what he had to offer. He can bring hope to a whole nation of Haiti through one young boy who was born in a remote fishing village. And he can bring hope to a family in Uganda, in Brazil and Thailand through one family in C3 Powerhouse who chose to sponsor a child. He can bring change through the most unlikely of people. And when I think of that young boy, and when I think of Biggins and their story, I think of all the the obvious reasons why they shouldn't step out. I mean, you think of that young boy. No one would have thought any less of him if he held on to those five loaves and two fish himself. He had to eat too. He was hungry too. No one would have thought any, any less of him for holding on to them, but we wouldn't be talking about him today. And I think of Biggins with all the, the obvious lack and hardship in his life. Of all the reasons why not to step out and do something for others. And then I think of myself and I think, why should I not step out and do something? What resource am I holding on to? What's in my hand that I'm holding on to for myself that could bless a whole community, that could bless a family, that could bless a child? I mean, sponsoring a child, it's, it's $48 a month, less than $1.60 a day to bring hope, to bring provision, to bring care, to bring protection, to bring education, to bring discipleship to the life of a child. And I know for, for me and my family, when we sponsor those three children, you know what it costs us to sponsor three children and everything that comes into those children's lives? costs us less than one cup of coffee a day. Less than $5 sponsored three children. And you know the good news is I still have my cup of coffee every day. I don't miss out when I choose to help others. God's got this way of of when we choose to be a blessing, when we choose to, to put that resource in the hand of Jesus, we see 12 basketfuls left over after everybody is satisfied. That little boy didn't go hungry because he handed on what he had and everyone else was satisfied. He ate too and everyone around him and there was still an abundance left over. That's the God we serve. We serve a God of abundance. And I would love to give you an opportunity to change the life of a child. We've got a a number of children that are uh, online that are attached to your partnership churches in Brazil, Uganda and Thailand. And the team will be in the foyer to be able to help you navigate that on the website. 
We've got 13 children available tonight on the website. But we also have these forms. These forms are called special request forms. These forms are what we call, we will find a child for you forms. Because it's too important. It's too important to, to not move in what God is doing in our heart. So with these forms, we will be able to find you a child that's attached to your partnership churches. And because they are attached to your partnership churches, when, when travel starts up again, whenever that might be, there will be an opportunity for you too to visit that child. How good would that be? Less than one cup of coffee a day. Wow. I want to just close in prayer tonight. Father, I want to thank you for your goodness upon our life. Lord, I pray that you lift our head. Instead of looking down at, at what's in front of us to do and our to-do list and the busyness of life, God, I pray you lift our head. Lord Jesus, I pray that you put your fingers under our chin and just lift our eyes to see what you are doing in our lives. The provision, the blessing, the goodness that you've poured out upon us. God, I pray that we thank you for that. And I pray that we look at that and see what can I do? How can I help someone else be blessed? And Father, I pray as we choose to step out and help another, I pray that we'll see your hand move in our life financially, spiritually, emotionally. I pray that we will see you move. And God, I thank you that when we choose to help another, we will never lack. We will never be in want because you are a good, good God. And we thank you for that, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, church. We'd love to see you in the foyer afterwards.